The Solution Word with Pastor Adama Segbeji. Pastor Adama has a passion to uplift people and see the body of Christ excel. His aim, to bring hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations. In this message, you will learn. He said, he comes, he, he said, I'll return to my house from which I came. From which I came. He's been cast out. But he goes about looking for a place of rest. If he doesn't find it, guess who is the next target? He comes back. That's why you see people receive healing, but it doesn't last. And then before long, they enter into the same cycle. unto him a man that was mute and demon possessed a man that was mute and demon possessed verse 33 the Bible says that and when the demon was cast out the mute spoke and the multitudes marveled saying it was never seen like this in Israel. So that means behind every sickness or every disease, there is a spirit. There's a spirit. And so it's important for us to know the spirit behind every sickness and disease. Verse 34, the Bible says that but the Pharisees said, He cast out demons by the ruler of the demons. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Amen? Amen. And so Jesus, like tonight... What he will be doing is he will be healing and he will be doing miracles among us. I don't know what issue you have come to the healing school with, but by the time you leave, you will be healed. I said you will be healed. Many Christians don't know how to receive and retain their healing. Because they are ignorant of the devices of the, of the enemy. You see, um, what you have to understand is that we are not wrestling with flesh and blood. And so you cannot take any form of sickness or disease or diseases for granted. Sometimes or most of the time... Satan is behind it. And let me say this. Satan is the primary source of all sicknesses and diseases on the earth today. Satan is the primary source of all sicknesses and diseases on the earth today. He said, Pastor How, Matthew chapter 12, chapter 13 from verse 25 to 29. Matthew chapter 13, from verse 25 to 29. The Bible says, while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tars among the wheat and went away. Whilst men slept, the enemy came and do what? So, so now the word whilst men sleep, there means when men are not aware of what is going on around them. What you have to understand is that the kingdom of God operates on principles. The kingdom of God operates on principles. So you have to understand how the devil operates. 
The Bible says, while men slept, while men slept, this is not physical sleeping. Are you following me? This is not physical sleeping. This is spiritual sleeping. He said, while men slept, the enemy came and sowed what? Tars. And look at where he sowed it. He sowed the tars among the wheat. And what did he do next? He went his way. Verse 26, the Bible says, but when the grain was sprouted and produced a crop, then the tars also appeared. Now, let me tell you how the tars look like. The tars look the same as the wheat. Same. No similarity. They look the same. When wheat and tars are planted, they look absolutely the same. When you look at it from a distance, you think it's all wheat. But let me tell you how the tars work. The tars... When the enemy sows the tars, what the tars does is it strangulates the wheat. It strangulates the wheat. So if you attempt to uproot the tars, look at what will happen. The wheat will be destroyed in the process. Are you following me? This is very important. So verse 27, the Bible says, So the servants of the owner came and said to him, said, Did you not sow good seed in the field? How then does it have tasks? So that's why I said Satan is the primary source of all sicknesses and diseases in the earth today. God sows good seed, but Satan also comes and sows counterfeit seed to destroy what God has done. Verse 28, look at his response. The Bible says that he said to them, an enemy has done this. Who is the enemy? Satan. An enemy has what? Done this. What did he do? He sold tasks whilst men were sleeping. So that means when you receive your healing, and you don't know how to retain your healing, guess what the devil does? He comes to sow tars. The servant said to him, do do you want us then to go and gather them up? Verse 28, verse 29, the Bible says, he said to them, lest, no, lest while you gather up the tares, you also approach the wheat with them. Hallelujah. So Satan is the primary source of every sickness and disease on the earth today. Being ignorant of the devices of the devil will lead to your casualty. Being ignorant of the devices of the devil or Satan will lead to your casualty. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 to 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, from verse 10 to 11. It says, Now, whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. For if indeed I have forgiven anything, I have forgiven that one for your sakes in the presence of Christ. This is very important. This is a very powerful scripture. I want to show you something here. The Bible says, it says, Now whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. For if indeed I have forgiven anything, I have forgiven that one for your sakes in the presence of Christ. Are you getting this? Now, let me take you to verse 10, verse 11, and I'll come back and explain verse 10 to you. Verse 11 says, Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. 
What the Bible is saying is that unforgiveness gives the devil access into your life. The moment you walk in unforgiveness, then the devil now has a gateway to come in and destroy you. So verse 10 says, Now whom you forgive anything. So that means if you forgive anyone anything here on earth, Jesus said, I also forgive. For indeed, I have forgiven anything. I have forgiven that one for your sakes in the presence of Christ. So that means in the presence of Christ, if you hold something against someone, then you are giving the devil access to come in and destroy you. So there's one thing God cannot do. The Bible says, if you do not forgive, God will not forgive you. Do you see how powerful that is? That's why you can't walk in unforgiveness, especially if you're believing God for healing. If you're walking in unforgiveness, bitterness, God will not heal you. Because the moment you walk in bitterness and unforgiveness, you have given Satan the root of bitterness. You've given him access. It's like taking your bank card and giving it to a thief and giving them your password to go to the cash point and take money. When you walk in unforgiveness, you have given Satan the password to come into your life and destroy you. That's why you cannot be ignorant of the devices of the enemy. Let's quickly look at how Satan operates. Matthew chapter 12 from verse 43 to 45. Matthew chapter 12 from verse 43 to 45. I read, it says, When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places, seeking rest. And when he finds none, then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. Verse 45. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. So shall it be, so shall it also be with this wicked generation. So look at the strategy of the enemy. When a demonic spirit is cast out of someone, the evil spirit leaves, and when he leaves, it goes about looking for a place of rest. Verse 43 of Matthew chapter 12. It goes about looking for a place of rest. Now, so tonight, when you receive your healing or your miracle, that's not the end. You have received it. It's one thing to receive your healing. It's another thing to retain or to maintain what you have received. So the Bible says, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places, looking for rest. Now, why is he looking for rest? Because when the enemy was in you, that was its place of rest. And when it finds a place of rest, he doesn't want to leave. That's why it takes the power of God to, to deal with the devil. Because what happens is that if 
you don't deal with the devil by force. Look at what happens. He, he, he finds your place as a place of rest. He just stays there. He just stays there. He just stays there. He makes your life his permanent address. His permanent abode. But look at what happens. The Bible says that, but when he is cast out, verse 43, still, he goes seeking for rest, and when he finds none, look at what he does, then he says, I'll return to my house from which I came. Who gave him access to that house? Who gave him access to that house? He's calling you his house. So that means he has been so comfortable in you because you have made him, you have given him access. You have given him the keys to your house. He said he comes, he, he said I'll return to my house from which I came. From which I came. He's been cast out, but he goes about looking for a place of rest. If he doesn't find it, guess who is the next target? He comes back. That's why you see people receive healing, but it doesn't last. And then before long, they enter into the same cycle. You wonder why? Because the devil left, that unclean spirit left, but couldn't find any resting place, but decided to come back. Because you have left the place dry and empty. It says, and when he comes, he finds it empty swept and put in order. The last is the good. Being putting your life in order is good. Being sweeping your life is good. But leaving it empty is bad. Three things. When he comes back, he finds where he left nicely swept. So that should tell you that Satan also likes Nice clean house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Satan also likes order. Just like God likes order, Satan also likes order. I have seen devils operating very orderly, and you think this is God. <laughs> Demonic spirits operating very orderly. You think this is God at work. Verse 44, the Bible says that then he goes. Now, look at what he does. Verse 44, the Bible says that when he comes and he finds a place empty, swept, and put in order, he doesn't come back in. Look at what he does. He leaves. He goes to blow the alarm. The Bible says that then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. <laughs> then even the devil understands the power of recommendation. It's like the women when they buy a wig somewhere and it's nice. <laughs> They tell the other females, oh, I bought this Brazilian hair. It's nice. It's cheap. It's a quality one. It's human hair. Go to that shop. <laughs> but they will never tell their lady friends, I went to healing school. I was healed. Come and receive your healing. The Bible says that this evil spirit goes away and he goes and takes with him 
seven other spirits more wicked. More wicked than himself. That means even in the in the set in the kingdom of Satan, they understand ranks and they are not envy or jealous of each other. Look, he doesn't go and bring junior spirits. He goes and brings senior spirits. Spirits that are more wicked than himself. And when they enter and dwell there, making the person their house, dwell there, the Bible says the last state of that man is worse than the first. The worst state. So you see this man in this picture right here received his healing but he could not retain his healing. So when you receive your healing and you don't retain your healing, your last state becomes how? Worse than your present. So how do I overcome the devil and walk in your healing? Question, how do we overcome the devil and walk in our healing? Luke chapter 11 from verse 21 to 22. This is very important. Are you getting something out of this? Very soon the power of God will be present to heal and to deliver. The Bible says that when a strong man talking about the devil, fully armed, guards his own palace. So that means even Satan has palaces. It says his goods are in peace. Now why does he have a palace? He has a palace to capture God's people and put them captive in his palace. And the sad thing is many Christians are in the devil's palace because the devil is giving them everything they want. Nice food, nice clothes, nice dress. <laughs> His goods are in peace. Verse 22, the Bible says, But when a stronger than he comes upon him, talking about the believer, talking about the child of God, because First John 5, 4 says that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. You understand? So you are in the place of Christ. Remember we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. We are seated with Christ where? In heavenly places. But when a stronger than he comes upon him and overcomes him and overcomes him, he takes from him all his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoils. So look at how to overcome the devil. When you go to attack the devil, you don't go for the spoils first. You go for his armor. You go for his what? His armor. His armor is his defense mechanism. It's his defense system. It's what is used to capture God's people. Are you following this? So, when you are operating in the realm of the stronger man, a stronger than the devil, and which we are for your information. Amen. 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 Which we are. You say, how, pastor? Because God is love. How many of you believe that God is love? How many of you know that we were made in the image of God? Satan was not made in the image of God. So who is more superior? Yeah, you are. Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning onto where? The earth. Now, if God is love and we are his children, why will a loving God 
puts his children here on earth and put a wicked Satan, a wicked devil here on earth with us. Those of you who have children, you will never leave your child with fire. Maybe a one-year-old or a two-year-old, leave the child with fire on. Would you do that? You wouldn't do that. You won't, you won't put something hot and then leave a kettle and put the child by it. No, you won't do that because you are a loving mother or a loving father. So if you, Jesus said, if you and I who are evil know how to give good gifts unto their children, how much more our heavenly father who is in heaven. So listen, now, you are more stronger than Satan. You have to have that mentality. <laughs> I know some people who cannot go to their village because they are scared. <laughs> I know some people who cannot build in their villages because they are scared. They say, ah, if I build now, the witches will kill me. <laughs> you don't know who you are. You don't know who you are. You don't know who you are. <laughs> There's a story of uh, an eagle and uh, a chicken. The eagle... Um, egg was put among the hen and then for and they took time and then together with the hen eggs cracked and then there were a lot of chicks and chicken and so this eagle grew up together with all this chicken and his mentality has always been ah I'm a chicken because he's been running around with them. Now he's grown, has feathers. He could fly anywhere he wants. But his mindset is chicken. He thinks he's a chicken. That's how many Christians think. The Bible says that we are in, in this world, but we are not of this world. You might be born here, but you are not a normal or a natural human being. We are spirit beings. And if you're a spirit being, nothing or no one can overpower you. So it says, but when a stronger than he, a stronger than he, who is that he? That's Satan there. A stronger than he comes upon him and overcomes him, he takes from him all, not some, all his armor in which he trusted. And after that, he divides his spouse. The spouse there talks about God's children. It's time for you to go free. I said it's time for you to go free. Today is your day of freedom. Every healing you have been believing God for, after you receive it tonight, you will not lose it. Amen. I said you will never lose Amen. it. And no devil can take it away from Amen. you in the name of Jesus. So finally, as we get ready to close, how do I retain my healing? How do I retain my healing? Because it's one thing to receive your healing. It's another thing to retain your healing. How do I retain my healing? Number one, never measure your situation with another person's situation. Never compare your situation with another person's situation. You know, sometimes, you know, people can start saying, oh, at least yours is not as bad as mine. (laughs) 
Yours is not as bad as mine. How can you possibly say that? John chapter 5 verse 3. You say, ah, you don't know what I'm going through. You say, oh, yours is only headache. <laughs> John chapter 5 verse 3 says, In this lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. Look at the different categories of people who are there. In this lay a great multitude of what? Sick people. Blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of water. So these are different categories of sicknesses. Now, you know, the blind man will be telling the lame man, at least you can see where you are going. The paralyzed man can say, ah, yours is only lame. Ah, yours is better. You cannot retain your healing if you compare your situation with another person's. Number two, remove every preconceived conditions for your healing. Remove every preconceived conditions for your healing. John chapter five, verse four. It says, for an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Listen to this carefully. This is very important. It says, for an angel went out down at a certain time into the pool. Very important. Into the pool, and look at what he did. He stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in what? First. After the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. So this was like a, a predicted environment. Do you get it? So in this instance, having a preconceived uh, 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 conditions for your healing, saying that when I come to healing school and pastor begins to speak in a certain way, then that's when I'll receive my healing. No, 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 no. no. When he touches me, that's the only time I... No, please. Please. I'll wait at the end of the service before that's having a preconceived condition. You have conditioned yourself that this is the only way I'm going to receive my healing. But God doesn't work according to your calendar. Yes, there's an angel that comes to stir the water, but you don't have to wait for the stirring of the water. You can jump in and get your healing before the water is stirred. You remember blind Bartimaeus? Blind Bartimaeus was blind and he started shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And look at what they said. They said, hey, shh, this here, we don't shout here. You know, here, here, we are very dignified people. We are very, very nice politicians who have come to church, we don't want any shouting. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a manager at my work. I want to be dignified. No, it doesn't work that way. The Bible says that the disciples told him to shut up. The more they kept him quiet, say shout, shut up, the more he keeps shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Don't allow somebody to determine when you receive your healing. Don't allow it. They don't know what you are going through. 
When you're going through that pain at night, they are not there. So why are you going to try and be a gentleman or a gentlewoman in the presence of God? Preconceived. Uh, if pastor doesn't sing, I am the Lord that he led The power of God is not here. Preconceived. Or maybe you were coming in your car and you heard a song. God will make a way where there seems to be. So when you come and you don't hear that song, they say it's not my day of healing. <laughs> you can't pigeonhole God. You can't put God in a box. You can't tell God how to heal you. As a matter of fact, the way he healed you in the last healing school might be different from the way he'll heal you now. So when you come, you have to be open. Number three, never allow the longevity of your illness to cause you to give up. Verse five, never allow the longevity of your illness to cause you to give up. The Bible says that now a certain man was there with an infirmity for 38 years. That means he's been there for long. He's been there for long, man. He's been there for long. He's been in that condition for long. You don't know when your healing will come. You've had that situation for long. Nobody knows about it. You haven't told anyone. You are just at the verge of giving up. But you don't know that your healing is just by the corner. He's been there for 30. He's had that situation for 38 years. 38 years. Same place. Struggling with the same problem. 38 years, I think, by now, he's had babies. And probably his babies are also struggling with the same thing. It's become a generational sickness now. Never allow the longevity of your illness to cause you to give up. You tried last year, it didn't work, don't give up. You prayed last year, you didn't see anything, don't give up. Keep praying. Hallelujah. Number four, desire for your healing. Number four, desire for your healing. Remember we're talking about how to do what? To retain your healing now. John chapter five, verse six. The Bible says that when Jesus saw him, this lame man lying there, and he knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? Come on now, Jesus. Why would you ask me this question? Jesus, you already said, when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be, why would you say to me, do I want to be? Because you know I've been there for a long time. You see, the reason why many people are with that sickness or disease for a long time is because they have no desire for healing. They don't desire to be healed. Like we read, they have given Satan keys to their house and he's resting. So they are okay. I've seen people who are sick who don't want to be prayed for. Because once you pray for them, they will lose their benefits. <laughs> once they get healed, they only say, they like you. They like you when they are. They, they, they just want to be there. No. Don't pray for me. I don't, I don't want my eyes because if I see now, that means I have to go to work now. <laughs> if I'm blind, I have a free house. I have a free guard dog. 
I have a free car. Somebody drives me, you know, free everything. Have you not realized that most of the time people who are put in prison, when they've been in prison for a long time, they come out less than one hour. They commit, they reoffend, and they go back. They want to go because out here when they come, they have to pay council tax. <laughs> They have to pay rent. They have to go to work. No, but in there, free, free bed. I understand now they even have a TV. Do they have a TV? Free TV. They have what? Even gym. (laughs) Uh, Why do you want to come if you have everything? You have a gym. You have TV in your room. You don't pay TV license. You don't pay rent. Food is free. No council tax. Your clothes are free. (laughs) They don't want to be out. They don't want to be out. They want to go back. I've watched documentaries of prisoners release and then less than one hour they reoffend they put them back because they have no desire to be healed don't think that's because somebody is sick they want to be healed don't 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 think that the bible says that when jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? It's a question. Do you, don't say Jesus, but don't you know that I want to be made well? No. Do you, do you desire to be healed? Do you desire to be, do you know that when you desire something, you don't even need anyone to pray for you? Do you know that when you desire to be healed, you don't need anyone to pray for you? No. Have you seen a child who doesn't want to eat? You give him food, he doesn't want to eat. You give her food, they don't want to eat. When they are hungry, they know the way to where the food is. When the desire for food comes, you don't have to force them. You see them. That food, a few hours ago, they rejected you see them go back to that food and eat it. Desire for your healing. Number five, don't use excuses to justify your condition. Verse seven, John chapter five, verse seven. Don't use excuses to justify your condition. The Bible says that the sick man answered. Now, verse 6, Jesus asked, do you want to be well? Look at his response. He said, the sick man answered, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I am coming, another steps down before me. Now, who is helping who in this condition? Nobody is helping anybody. Why are you giving excuses? Do you know there are people who blame everyone for their own condition? Jesus asked a simple question. Do you want to be made well? He says, sir, I have no one to help me. Excuses. There was a 30-something-year-old man who came to this church some time ago at the early stages of the church when we started. He said, Pastor, he's a strong man. He said, Pastor, they are not giving me my benefit. I said, what? Look at this one. This strong man, you can work. I said, you can work. Why are you blaming the government for not giving you benefits? Do you want to be made whole? Do you want your healing? Don't start looking for excuses. Uh, Pastor, 
I think I like I, I think I like my condition like this. If you like it like that, why did you come to the healing school? Don't use excuses to justify your condition. Don't start blaming others. Ah, I wanted to be healed, but when I came, there were too many people at the healing school. I wanted to come back. It was cold. So I, 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 I couldn't walk through the cold, but you walk through the cold to go to work. You, as a matter of fact, you wake up 4 a.m. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Your, your work is supposed to start at 7 a.m. You set your alarm at 3 a.m. <laughs> because you don't want to be sacked. You know if they give you two or three warnings, you'll be fired. You are supposed to start work at 7. You put your alarm 3 a.m. 3 a.m. There you are Whatever your alarm is. <laughs> you are going to work at 7. Your alarm is 3 a.m. 3 a.m. Alarm. 3.30 alarm. 4.30 alarm. <laughs> give excuses because if you don't go to work you'll be sacked I know somebody in my house who puts their love I said but why do you put your love at don't tell anyone I said that I know somebody in my house I said praise God and they deliberately put their love to where I am Outside of the bed. I said, okay. Oh, Lord, have mercy. God is so loving. Eh? God loves us. <laughs> Praise God. I'm not teaching you theory. Everything I'm teaching you um, is practical. <laughs> it's practical. And I've been saying this for years. <laughs> Does not change. <laughs> yes, not why for the past twelve years or every year, every day. What time do you start to work? Seven. Why is your alarm four thirty? And it's me who have to wake up all the time. Oh, if you don't love Jesus. <laughs> okay, let's move to the next one. Number six. <laughs> Maybe after tonight, somebody have received their healing. <laughs> Maybe tonight happen again. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Number six. Do what you have, you, do what you have never done before to receive your healing. John chapter 5, verse 8. Do what you have never done before to receive your healing. So, verse 8, the Bible says that Jesus said unto him, Rise, take your bed, and walk. Now look at verse 7 and look at verse 8. Let's go back to verse 7. Actually verse 6. Verse 6, Jesus asked, do you want to be made whole or well? Verse 7, he said, sir, I have no one to help me. Giving excuses. But look at what Jesus did. Verse 8, Jesus said, rise up, take up your bed and walk. Jesus ignored all his excuses. Jesus ignored his excuses. Jesus said, hey, guy, you've been here for 38 years. The reason why you've been here for 38 years is because you've been giving excuses year after year. But it's time now to get up, take up your bed, and walk. Take up your bed and walk. Now, 
I want you to picture this. This man is lame. This man is impotent. This man is paralyzed. This man cannot see. He's in all this category. But Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. This, this situation challenges his condition. Rise, if he's blind, how is he going to see? Rise, if he's lame, how is he going to stand up? Rise, take up your bed. If he has no hands, how is he going to take up his bed? Rise, take up your bed and walk. How is he going to walk if he has no legs? What is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying to him, this bed has been carrying you for the past 38 years. The only way you are going to retain your healing is to now take what used to carry you and carry it. What has been carrying you for the past 38 years is time for you now to carry that thing. The bed he was lying on, Jesus said, rise up, take up that bed and walk. After today, there shall not be any traces of sicknesses in your family. Amen. There shall be no hereditary sicknesses in your bloodline. In the name of Jesus. Verse 7. Expect. Sorry, number 7. Expect your healing and you will be healed. John chapter 5 verse 9. The Bible says that and immediately, I love that. He's the same man who was giving excuses. The same man who was saying, I have no man to help me. Look at what's happening now. Verse 9, the Bible says that immediately the man was made well. He took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. And immediately, your healing will be immediately. That healing that you have been struggling with for all these years, today is its last day. I said today is its last day. In the name of Jesus. The Bible says that. And immediately the man was made well. You will be made well today. Today is your day of healing. I said today is your day of healing. In the name of Jesus. Finally, results will always follow your faith. If you really have faith, results will follow it. Can I tell you something? Don't let that sickness have dominion over you. I've told you before, in my whole family, Everybody wear glasses. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. Everybody is short-sighted. They can't see far. Everybody wears glasses. Even people who are younger than me. But you see, when I gave my life to Christ, I began to appropriate my new bloodline. Are you following me? My new bloodline. I have no issues with with my eyes, my eyes are crystal clear, Amen. like an eagle. Amen. Amen. I can see you from every corner, <laughs> from far. <laughs> I'm telling you. Every small print, I can read everything. No problem. Never been sick. I started confessing in this church. I will never be sick again. Never been sick. 
Before I gave my life to Christ, I used to be sick like every... <laughs> Me and sickness, we were best buddies. Every, I was, every time I'm sick, I used to drink a certain type of medicine till my body got used to the tablet. So when I drink it, it doesn't work. Never been sick. Strong. Always working. Sometimes I leave everybody, everybody goes to bed, I'm still working. Twelve, one. And when they wake up, or I wake up and I wake everybody up, they see me, they see me, they see me sitting in the same place. They say, did you go to bed? Or you've been here? Or I said, no, I went to bed. Only two hours, three hours, I'm back to work. I work. When you say work, I work. Ask my wife, she'll tell you. I work like a workaholic. I'm working for the kingdom. Amen. Are you following what I'm saying? I'm working. I work till work itself knows it's been worked. <laughs> Hallelujah. So it's time. To take hold of your healing. Stop giving excuses. Stop obeying the devil's command. You are a child of God. Amen. Say a good amen. amen. I said you are a child of God. Amen. And so from today, some of you are going to stand for your families. The, the, the good thing about this commission is you don't even need to be prayed for before you receive your healing. Because there's a strong faith. Spirit of faith is operating in this house. You cannot be sick. Somebody will say, well, that's a very arrogant statement. You cannot be sick. Faith says it boldly. If you don't speak it, you won't see it. You cannot be sick. You cannot die. Amen? You cannot die. No one in your family is permitted to die. You have to stand and make a bold declaration. That's who you are. In Jesus' name. Did you receive it tonight? Let's rise up on our feet. It's time. You've been taught the word. It's time to receive your healing. It's time to receive your healing. Start talking to God about that issue. Start talking to God about that issue. Some of them you know is generational. It's in your mother's bloodline, your father's bloodline. It's in the family. Deal with it tonight. Deal with it tonight. Tonight is your night of healing. Tonight is your night of healing. Start talking to God. Talk to there is nothing impossible for God. There are no impossibilities in the kingdom of God. Talk to God. 
Receive your healing now. Receive your healing. Receive your healing now. Anything that is recurrent is going now. This is your time. This is your time. It's your hour of visitation. 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 the children's bread healing is the children's bread healing belongs to you you will not die through that sickness 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 Put your hand where that sickness is. Put your hand. <clears throat> Put your hand. Father, in the name of Jesus, Satan. You have no place 
in the lives of God's people. Therefore, by the reason of the anointing, I decree right now that they are healed. They are healed. They are healed in the name of Jesus. These are God's children. These are God's children. These are God's children. These are God's children. Father, I thank you for healing them in Jesus' name. You created the world through your word. There is nothing you cannot do through your word. You sent forth your word and healed them of all their diseases and their infirmities. Therefore, let the healing word work now. Let it work now in the name of Jesus. I command their total freedom. I command their total liberty. In Jesus' name. Amen. amen. And amen. It is done. I said it is done. Rejoice like somebody who has received their healing. Hallelujah. 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 It is done. Tonight's healing school was more generational than individual. Generational sicknesses and diseases were taken care of tonight. None shall say in Zion they are sick. None. None shall say in this commission that they are sick. So shall it be. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for healing us. We retain our healing. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give Jesus some praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to The Solution Word by Pastor Adama Segbeji. For prayer or further details, or why not visit us this Sunday at 10 a.m. at Solution Barnfield Road, Northgate, Crawley, RH10 8HQ. Your experience at Solution is sure to be a time of great blessing. Solution bringing hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations.